During Dell TechFest, score game-changing innovations with limited-time deals on select next-gen Alienware gaming tech. New dimensions await with advanced gaming systems like the Alienware M18 laptop powered by an Intel Core i9 processor featuring awe-inspiring visuals, liquid cooling, three-dimensional audio with Dolby Atmos, and impressive overclocking potential. Plus, build your dream setup with great deals on select gaming monitors, mice, and more must-have electronics and accessories. When you shop online at Alienware.com deals, you'll have access to leading-edge gaming technology to conquer the competition and free shipping on everything. Amazing prices await you for a limited time only at Alienware.com deals. That's Alienware.com deals. What's up and welcome back to the Kinda Funny Games cast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the new face of video games, Blessing Adeoye Jr. Tim, I was hoping you wouldn't intro me first because right before the intro hit, I put I started eating a Ricola because I've been mm -hmm. having like a little bit of throat issues. And as soon as the intro hit, I tried to like crunch it real hard, you know, to get it down there to not worry about it. And mm -hmm. let me tell you, it was more effort than I thought it was going to be. I am not done crunching on this thing. Yeah, yeah, we'll crunch away, little bless. Crunch away. Uh, rounding out the chance. rest of our group, <laughs> we have the Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez. Bless. Soon enough, you'll be back to your throat goat and ways, all right? Mm -hmm. <laughs> How'd you know that was my nickname? <laughs> <laughs> and rounding out the group today, I'm very, very, very excited to welcome back Jeff Grubb. Hey. How's it going? Here's what I wonder. Andy, do you wear earbuds because your hair is just too pristine? You have to keep it looking good so you don't want the, the headphones going over your hair? Partially, but it became the heat. It became the heat. Um, That's a good point. Okay, fair like enough. The, yeah, the yeah. overheads, um, because of just the nature of San Francisco and our rooms and our zero right, no, insulation. No air conditioning. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah okay, it, right. uh, it, it started getting really bad. I started streaming with like the Astros. And that's how I would primarily stream. But then at night, I, you know, on certain summer nights, I would feel that shit. And I was, it just got like, it just got really uncomfortable. I got, I'm envious because I'm like, I would love to let the hair go. But it's like, yeah, when I'm, I can't with these headphones. It just I mean, looks, it, funky. It, it, looks funky. Look, hey, hey, Jeff, you tell me, you tell me. And uh, no, I don't have them down here. Never mind. I was going to grab some extra headphones and like throwing me. It's going to like. Yeah. Yeah. What do, how do you like using the earbuds? Because that's the thing. I've not done that since working from home, like actually podcasting with earbuds. And it makes me nervous because I do feel so comfortable with like my noise canceling Beats headphones. But for the last year, this is a peek behind the blessing curtain. I've been considering. Oh. I've been. I don't know why I say it like exclusive. That, I think this is a world exclusive. Mono. Huh. I've been. I've been considering getting my ears pierced. And I know okay. once I do, for at least like a small period, I'll have to rock the earbuds. Uh, mm. But like. I'm 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 nervous about it. I don't know if I'll be able to function the same the, with earbuds. So I'll say this: like I've been buying these headphones for the better part of like almost a decade. I've gone through like six pairs over ten years. Whenever I lose them, I'll just buy another one. These are the Sony Extra Bass. Um, nothing miraculous sound quality wise. I just feel like uh, overall build quality. They're really good, and they they're not noise canceling by any means, but they are earbuds and they get stuck in there and they will isolate a whole lot of noise um, without really kind of intending to do so. <laughs> like there's no, right. there's no noise suppression tech in there, but like there are plenty of times where Lulu is barking up a storm and I only hear her through Barrett's mic as opposed to like <laughs> in the living room. You know what I mean? I, let me tell you something about having kids. You get to a point where you do not want any noise cancellation. 
because as soon as that happens, they are going to like do something to kill themselves and you're not going to know what's happening. So I'm like, I want as much pass through as possible at a certain point. I, I just got, I got a Michael Hyam here that I do worry about a, a little bit. But... <laughs> yeah, same thing. I mean, you same exact thing. You have the exactly. same scenario. Yeah. Yeah. I get it. <sighs> you gotta love it. Of course, this is the kind of funny games cast we each and every week. We get together to talk about video games and all the things that we love about them. You can get it on youtube.com slash kind of funny games or roosterteeth.com. You could also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny games cast and we'll be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad free, if you wanted to watch live as we record it, and if you want the exclusive post show, you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny games, just like our Patreon producers, Anonymous, Fargo, Brady, Tyler Ross. Delaney Twinning, First Responder ND, Julian the Gluten-Free Gamer, Alex J. Sandoval, James Hastings, and Casey Andrew have all done. We appreciate all of you so very, very much. Uh, if you don't have bucks to toss our way, that's totally cool. When you're out there buying video games on the Epic Game Store, make sure you're using our Epic Creator Code. Kind of funny, uh, whether you're buying Fortnite stuff, Rocket League stuff, uh, Fall Guys stuff, all that stuff. It's going to be cool, and it helps us out for no extra cost to you. A little bit of housekeeping for you. Kind of funny screencast is popping off right now. Whole bunch of cool reviews. We got Kendrick Lamar's new album. We reviewed that, uh, which makes no sense on a show called Screencast. But you know what? Hey, just appreciate it. We did it, okay? People asked for it, and we did it. Uh, also, later this week, we're going to have the Halo Season 1 review going up. And we have our Top Gun Maverick spoiler-free review that you can go check out. Um, if you want to get some super dope merch, kindoffunny.com slash stores where you want to go. Uh, and if you want even extra super more exclusive merch, patreon.com slash kindoffunny or kindoffunny games, you can get the Patreon Platinum print shirt for this month, which is the super dope Foxhound Portillo shirt that Andy has made um before we get into all the other stuff i jeff i have a question for you please what's it like being jeff grubb because <laughs> I, I i feel you you were somebody that i've known for many years now just as kind of like you were like probably the best example to me of just of a twitter person you know yeah. somebody that i didn't know existed and then all of a mm -hmm. sudden out of nowhere i knew existed and it's like now we're best friends you know what i mean yeah. I, just, I just feel like we have this like like circle where it's like all right cool like you're just one of those dudes and i imagine in some ways i'm one of those dudes to you just like mandy <laughs> and blessed as well but you are different in that you have all the secrets you have all the knowledge you have your tendrils everywhere so you get all the leaks and this and that mm -hmm. and you have exploded in popularity where these days i can't go five minutes scrolling a reddit thread without yeah. your name popping up and that must scare you <laughs> a lot you're so big you got banned from kfw like how does that feel <laughs> that's that's me on tiktok i can't go a couple of swipes without seeing industry ins insider jeff grubb and yeah. and also uh, it, uh yeah, guy who won that. game awards from 2015 which is like almost a decade ago greg miller right like it's always one of those sort of things yeah I, it's um it's weird uh i'll, I'll say I, I i i told myself i would stop saying uh, stuff about my adhd because people don't want to hear it but uh for me a lot of times stuff is out of sight out of mind um that's true for almost everything in my life i got a baby brain when it comes to like retaining like emotions about things or even like experiences it's pretty useful when i'm like playing video games because i get to go back to the video games so like and play them all over again uh but when it when i like look away from the internet the internet goes away and so I forget that the internet is still sometimes talking about me. And, you know, part of that is like, that feels vain to even like consider that that's happening. Uh, but, but it's a reality. It is. And even if I wanted to consider it, I, it just does not exist in my brain. So when I get back on the internet 
and there's there's like people have been having like a conversation like this is happening today right and it's because like i decided to have an opinion on on johnny depp or whatever but people on reset era have been talking about me all day and i'm just like okay that that is this is actually legitimately weird so it, it is a little bit um scary is not the right word because I, I, I'm a, a white man and I haven't been threatened in any real way. Uh, I've, I've definitely privileged on, on that front, uh, but it's uh, definitely a, a weird and uh, sometimes ob obnoxious, uh, which is why I value communities that know how to keep it cool. Like there are communities out there that know how to keep it cool. I've cultivated one. Uh, our Discord community is great for like game mess and stuff. And I just decided like, I'll just lean into the branding, right? Game mess was the thing I was just doing as a joke because Game Fest was Jeff Keighley's thing, and I'm going to pretend I'm, I'm in a rivalry with him, and I'm going to do Game Mess. But, you know, the brandy became a thing. We did our own community, and they know how to keep it cool. And that's why I like kind of funny community, because everyone seems to understand, like, the relationship that we have here. And I'm totally okay with it. I don't view it as a, that that parasocial sort of thing. It's not how I view it when, I, when it's people who are, like, who, who are, like, interacting with me on Twitter or interacting with me on Discord. I honestly do feel like I have a relationship with these people, and I try to focus on that stuff, and that makes it a lot easier to, like, get through the day, even if other weird stuff is happening in the periphery. I can, e I can easily ignore that if there are cool people right in front of me. So I just put the cool people right in front of me, and that works. Can you can you talk about how it started and how it's progressed in terms of you be becoming one of those guys, right? Yeah. Like I remember your first joining kind of funny. And when I when I started to listen to kind of funny games daily, Imran Khan was one of the first people I remember of being like, Oh, this guy's just this guy just knows things, right? Like he's an insider, like he has his connections, he like works in media, but also like people trust him enough to uh divulge secrets with him, right? Like Jason Schreier's another one of those. I, I feel like your name came around a couple years ago, and I forget exactly like when the yeah. first instance of it was, especially on Kind of Funny Games Daily, was bringing up like, oh yeah, Jeff Grubb from Games Beat mentioned this, right? And that snowballing into what I imagine is your name becoming more popular in terms of somebody who has these connections in the industry and that making people a little, a little bit more comfortable uh, with divulging secrets to you. Is that how things progress? And like, where did that start for you? Yeah, I mean, a lot of it's right place, right time. Almost all of it is, uh, you know, the, the learned skill part of it is making people feel comfortable telling you stuff in the first place. And a lot of that comes down to, it's video games, so a lot of times I'm, I'm very comfortable just saying video games aren't worth this. Video games aren't worth getting people in trouble. Video games aren't worth people losing their jobs. So let's just, we'll, we will dance around this. We don't have to divulge this. And and people get to a point where they're like, uh, well, you know, I do trust you, uh, but like, what, you know, why should I share this information with you? And then I, that, that's the other side of the learned skill is why are we talking about any of these things? And I always try to do it from a point of view of, I'm explaining gamers to game developers and I'm explaining game dev developers to, I'm, I'm trying to do it both ways. If you're a gamer, I want to explain game dev, game dev. And if you're in game dev, I want to explain gamers and how each side is feeling. And so uh, when a really kind of got started with like, um, I got a good lead on when the Nintendo Direct Mini was going to happen in March, 2020. And no, no one was like, everyone had an idea something was coming, but I had the exact date and time and I just didn't know it was a mini. I called it a direct, but uh, like Nintendo didn't announce it the day before, like they do a lot of times. So it's still the day before. And I know what's going to happen, even though I'm freaking out because they haven't announced it. I remember being sick to my stomach and I decided to just say, listen, I I've reported on stories before. No one's really cared. I've reported like stuff on Battlefield before. And that story didn't really do traffic, even though it was all kinds of cool inside information. I'm just going to I'm just going to ride or die on this. And I'm going to say this is definitely happening tomorrow. And uh, people are like, oh, my God, he's doubling down. I can't believe this. And then when we woke up the next day, there was a Nintendo Direct Mini there. And I think people sort of got what was happening at that point where it's like, I, I do have information. And I'm also going to make like the this man dispersion. can tell the future. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, I'm going to try to make it fun, right? I'm going to try to make it fun. Like it's video games. Again, we're going to go back to like, this is video games. So we can have some amount of fun with this stuff. And uh, like, I tried to keep that throughout this entire thing. And from there, it was like, okay, I had a string of like really big ones. Eventually like Mass Effect Legendary Edition was another really big bump mm, yeah, in terms of like that audience is crazy and they're, they're super intense on that stuff. So, uh, but most of the time it's all gone back to explaining one side to the other and then having a good time. And most recently it was um, the name of Star Wars Jedi Survivor, uh, where it's, I've had that name for forever this entire year. And I didn't see much of a reason to, to put it out there because it's just a name and that you know they said the name of star wars uh jedi fallen order at like e3 and no one really cared like okay it's a name uh but we made it fun but just like i had the audience guess and until someone got it right eventually someone got it right and it's like okay well i said i would say if you got it right and i'm seeing it in the giant bomb <laughs> chat i'm like yeah okay i'll just i'll confirm it uh but yeah that's that's been the focus and it's been like uh as long as i kind of try to keep it fun it stays fun for me and i can kind of keep a good sense of humor about it all but uh, but yeah, it's it's just a weird thing. It's not something I could have ever intended to happen. Like this was never a plan of like I'm gonna become a Twitter guy. Uh, it was just like yeah, I'm just gonna put the stuff out there and we'll see what comes back. And this is what has come back. Crazy. And you had your hand raised a long time ago. Do you still you got something? To I was just about? gonna say like I know what it's like when the internet's talking about you uh, and when people are talking about you, Jeff. Because uh, like when I interviewed Shaq, he said his son watched my content, which is like. Like, definitely not true, but it's something that I made myself believe, you know what I mean? Yes, so, it's I important. It. It's important to believe Shaq it. when he tells you things. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I love that. Now, moving on from Jeff Grubb as a topic uh, to another topic that involves Jeff Grubb a lot. Um, you are a Twitter guy in my mind and in my heart for many reasons. One of Please, them being always. your industry knowledge, all the insider stuff, uh, just being a cool guy. But the other side of it is you're into all the nerdy shit that like I want to be into uh, and the Steam Deck and your adventures with the Steam Deck recently have definitely uh, made me made me believe that I am right in thinking that now bless and you both have these things you've been playing a whole bunch of games on them. What are your thoughts about this device as a device, but then also specifically as an emulation device? I, I I'm I'm still in love with my Steam Deck. Uh, Steam Deck is very important for me because I uh, I do want games to sort of meet me where I'm at. I've always been into handhelds and portables from the very beginning. Uh, and some of my most like intimate and important gaming, uh, you know, experiences happened on handhelds. I mean, the, the, my favorite game of all time, the one that like really turned me into a gamer was The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening on Game Boy. And I've told the story before about like a kid just handed me the cartridge in class and I have no, it's not even like a friend of mine. He just gave it to me. I found out, I didn't find out. Years later, I put together that when the teacher's assistant came to me, was like, oh, you're playing that game too? Where'd you get it from? Uh, and I was like, oh, some kid gave it to me. He stole it from that teacher's assistant because she was playing it as well. And years later, I put two and two together. But, but <laughs> the point is like, I, I, I had this, uh, this relationship with gaming when I held it in my hand right in front of me. And the Steam Deck absolutely builds on that like lineage. And then it also it pairs it with sort of an unlikely partner in PC gaming. And at first, I, I get the skepticism about that because PC gaming is this oblique, odd-shaped duck. And you're like, you're supposed to like sort of struggle with it a little bit because there's like, you know, the greater reward and all that stuff. Um, and what Valve has done with the Steam Deck is just like solve almost all of those problems out of the gate. And uh, that I was not expecting that. I thought it'd be kind of a long, arduous process between the thing launching and then turning it into a, a, a good console but it launched as a, a very good console and it's only gotten better. 
And a lot of that comes down to the, the interface and stuff like that. Uh, but all of it also is just like, it is also still a PC underneath. And if you just go one layer deep, if you so choose, you can get in there and then it's super powerful. And now everyone who has a Steam Deck has this one set unit and you can sort of set something up and then distribute it to everyone else with a Steam Deck and everyone can, can get the benefit of that. And emulation has clearly been the forefront of that at, right out of the gate with... Um, I mean, for me, I don't, and bless you, I don't know if you've used this, but Emu Deck. Oh, you installed yeah. All, Emu Deck is, is like a, a must use. Yeah. Like that is really changed the game in terms of the, it being a console and not just a PC. Cause yes. I'm somebody who I've messed around with emulation for as long as like, I guess like around 15 years ago, ever since I got access to a PC that I could even use at home, right? Like one of the first things I did was learn that you could get Project 64 relatively easily. Yep. And that's what was I the played. first game? What was the first the, game you guys emulated? On the Steam Deck? Just in life. Oh, in life? Oh, shit. I was typically Super on, like, Mar- uh, Nestico or something. Fine. Oh, that's a good and one. I know because I, I downloaded it off of LimeWire, and I couldn't figure it out because <laughs> oh I didn't God. understand the whole process of, of like, the, the ROMs and the emulators. So I'm sitting here just trying to double-click on the ROM, and it's not opening, and I'm like, what the fuck's going on? <laughs> it, was def- it was Great definitely, game. like, it was definitely, like, the... Uh, snes 9x whatever the hell that yeah. uh that uh, emu was called and it was um i want to say it was on some old shitty laptop and i just thought it was so dope that i could get like legend of zelda um link to the past and all those old super nintendo games and then eventually it turned into getting roms and emu uh emulators on my old android phones and that was like yes. the coolest shit of all and that time. was the thing that changed the game for me where like to answer tim's question right i think the first game i emulated must have been super mario 64 because it definitely was project 64 and that definitely was a thing that opened up the doors to me in terms of fuck i can do this and then once android phones became a thing the phone i had um in high school uh and like it was either sophomore or junior year was the samsung moment which was a uh, uh it had like a keyboard that slid out it was the Android, and I remember getting the uh, Super Nintendo and GBA emulators for that. And I played so many games in the back of English, English class. Like, I think I beat uh, Pokemon Emerald in the back of English class. I played most of Earthbound. Like, the list goes on in terms of games that I really got into during high school uh, that I just played on my phone, and that was such a mind-blowing thing for me. And that's actually the thing that uh, playing emulated games in the Steam Deck has been such a throwback to uh, for me is, like, oh, shit, not only was it cool as hell back in the day to be able to play Super Nintendo games on my phone, mobile, wherever I go, on the bus, wherever, but now I am, like, last night I was in bed playing Burnout 3, and it was, like, a religious experience, me being, like, what am I doing right now? Like, if I told myself <laughs> 10 years ago that I would be doing this, right, like, playing this thing on a handheld device with, like, with, with all the controls I need, right, with, like, extra buttons, the bumpers, all that stuff, I'll be, my mind would be blown. So th- that actually is a great segue for me because I feel like I, I dabbled with a lot of emulation on my PC, but it was really the PSP when I went full on, I'm a goddamn pirate right. on the seven seas. <laughs> and I was playing like everything, right? And like that thing you could bust open and there was so many different firmware updates and shit that allowed you to do stuff. But there was always the workarounds that you had to do. Like even for things like a Super Nintendo, you'd have to activate frame skip. You would have to really kind of dial in. And, and like it was a, a pain in, in the ass to get right. Um, and some certain games wouldn't even run whatever i'm seeing the steam deck now and like bless you sent me uh, a video of you booting up marvel versus capcom too and i'm sitting here oh, like god shit. damn how is this possible gonna take you for a ride man. like god yeah. take me for a damn ride <laughs> but i'm like is are the problems that i'm talking about still a thing with the steam deck or are we at a point that like you know what it works 98 percent of the time there is a two percent little thing you have to do 
the, the emu cool deck is the thing that made it super easy, right? Like this is the thing where it's like it configures it all for the Steam Deck itself. Like that's the thing about the, the Steam Deck being a a single piece of hardware that everyone has access to. It, it you could just standardize everything, and that's what emu deck is. It is this open source tool that uh, that these guys made together, and they basically just said, okay, you click this button inside the Linux operating system on on the Steam Deck, and it's just going to open up a command window, and it's going to it's going to download every single emulator you need. And it's not just going to download them, it's going to configure them so it works with the button controls of the Steam Deck. It's going to configure them wow. so the screen looks right. It's going to configure them so that they run like on, on the right, um, you know, a, a graphics library. So it's going to use a, a Vulkan instead of OpenGL. So it runs really fast. It's just all set up for you. Uh, it's the kind of thing. It's like, yeah, yeah, I got someone like text me like, hey, how do I do this? I'm like, just go to Emu Deck and follow the instructions. It's so yeah. simple. It was a 13 minute and... YouTube video that I watched that explained yes, those exact exactly. instructions. And it took about that long to get it set up. Yeah, and there are still some twerks like uh, this is someone else configuring it for you. So like GameCube, I, I was like, oh, they have GameCube buttons set to like the letter being the letter. So the A button is the A button, mm -hmm. but then the B button is the B button. And it's actually not the GameCube is a little bit different. Like the, the X was over here and the Y was over yeah. here. So I just go and then change that myself. But then it just saves that. And if I want to up, up or update EmuDeck, I could just save my GameCube stuff separately and just say, don't mess with that, but update everything else. Uh, it's it is still emulation it's still people figuring this stuff out but it's so much smoother than what it used to be especially if you're considering the fact that you are like basically setting up every single system from the beginning of time uh anything that's on like on retroarch and then anything up to playstation 3 and xbox which all still work question for jeff and bless you get a i'm a magic genie all right i i pop into your room you call the cops, and I'm like, don't call the cops. I'm a magic genie. I have to convince you. And then I say, I wave my magic wand, and I say, you can go back to the, you can go back to the uh, inception of the Steam Deck, and you could change one thing about it. What would it be? And also, what do you want to see from the Steam Deck, too? What would you like for them to improve on? They may be the same answer. I mean, battery life would probably be my answer for both. Like, this thing is, is doing so much, which means that it dies pretty quickly. And it, it ranges from game to game. Most of the games I've been playing on this thing have been either indie stuff or emulated stuff. I've not played the, like, Sekiro's or the God of Wars and all that stuff. And that's funny enough, that was my plan originally. But, um, you know, talking about, like, how well it consoleizes PC, my, my, like, my story with the Steam Deck right now is, you know, getting it feeling so comfortable with it and so easy access with it in a way that i've never felt with pc because pc not that pc isn't easy to use or steam's easy to use or any of those things but i still view pc my like my pc as like a work thing or a place i come to browse or a place i come to use TurboTax. shout out to greg miller right like i don't i don't necessarily want to sit down at my desk to play video games i know there are ways to like do that on my tv and figure out that setup that's always just been too I much an extra step way. to me yeah like i have my ps5 why would i do that with my pc i have an xbox series x right like why would i go the extra mile to figure out how to make all that shit work the steam deck makes it feel as accessible as a console right but then also have that extra layer of depth where i can do the emulation go to linux do all that stuff right and being able to have that and then find games like Patrick's Parabox, which I've been playing, and like I beat Patrick Parabox uh, last week uh, during my trip to Houston. Like that was that's a game that's only available on PC, and it's one of the best puzzle games I played in the last year, and it's incredible, right? And it's only on PC. Same with um, uh, there's this game Olekhead uh, that was announced at Nintendo's Indie World thing. During the Nintendo Indie World, there was somebody in chat that was like, oh, this game is out on PC right now. And I was like, fuck, mm -hmm. maybe I'll just download this and play it on PC, right? And I bought it and uh, played through it. And it's like a two to three hour game. But I'm like, damn, this has been on PC 
for a while. And I've not heard anybody talk about a leghead. And it's a really cool game with a really dope art style, really great soundtrack, puzzle platforming, really clever platforming. And like, I can't believe this is way off my radar, right? Like the Steam Deck is doing so much in terms of opening my eyes to other games that are out there. And I think right now, um, like more power obviously is like a thing that I that I could ask for in terms of like being able to run more games and shit. But like right now, I think the thing that I am more most conscious about is the the battery life. I think I I, I wish I could get more juice out of it, even though I understand why it's like it's running out as right. quick as it is. Like, look at this thing. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, the the uh, the battery for me, it's like um. I do wish the battery life was better, but uh, but I wish the battery life was better on my Switch in the same sort of way. It's mm. it's very comparable. It is well within that range of what a what modern handhelds have been since the PSP and the and and not quite the DS was pretty good, but like I want the 3DS and then the, the you know everything since uh, we get like 2.5 to maybe six hours on the top end. Uh, most games you're not going to get six seven hours on on the Steam Deck, but you will get five on the smaller stuff, and especially like when you're emulating old stuff. Uh, you can like uh, that's what this is one nice thing. It's like if you're willing to go one level deeper, they have a menu that pops out to the side. You can see your battery stats, and you can have that stuff like just overlaid, so you can see how much juice you're using, how much wattage you're actually using. And I remember with the PS3 emulator, uh, at least on day one, I haven't checked in in a while. I was playing 50 Sip Blood on the Sand, and Fuck yeah, it, you was, were. <laughs> it was using like 24 watts of power, which is a huge amount. That's like basically maxim maxing the thing out. It was it was like more the more wattage than I was getting when I was playing Elden Ring, which I played the entirety of Elden Ring on my on my Steam Deck and had no problem with it. Uh, but when you're playing any, anything else, like even like Dolphin, Dolphin was using like eight watts, and that is very very good. So I was get I'm getting I get like five hours when I'm playing anything on GameCube, uh, and it's like okay, this is kind of an incredible GameCube machine. Like I was not anticipating that, and yet yet here it is. So when it comes to like what I would change. I, I think, I, you know, it is light for what it is. I think I would like it to be a little bit lighter. Um, I have one of the early production models, so I have the good fan in it. Even still, I would like it to be a little bit quieter. Uh, but they don't have to do much. I guess the next one, if it's just like a little bit more streamlined and more powerful and has a slightly better battery life, that's kind of all I really need. This thing is almost, it it's is almost my perfect. favorite gaming PC of all time, and it's almost perfect. Yeah, like it's, I, 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 this could end up being my, one of my main platforms, if not maybe my main platform to game on. Like that's how much I'm enjoying my time with the Steam Deck. And like even to go back to Tim's, Tim's questions about like emulation and like quirks and all that stuff, right? Like, I am shocked by how well emulation is working on this thing. It's not necessarily perfect. Like there are just weird things here and there that I might just be part of the game, right? In terms of like I with Burnout Three, uh, with default controls, like of obviously PS2 era X is to go. It's like square to I guess technically like A to go on my Steam Deck, right? X to break all that stuff, yada yada, right? I wanted to remap and make it R2 to go, L2 to break you know, the modern way to play a, play a driving game. In Burnout 3, L2 naturally is to change the songs playing on the radio station. Uh, I remapped it, figured it'd work, and, like, it was working at first, and then I realized, that, like, oh, shit, every time I break, I'm changing the radio station. And there's no, <laughs> <laughs> like, there's no way for me to unmap change radio station for some reason. Like, I can't remap the trigger controls mm. for some reason in the emulated games. Like, that's one quirk that's kind of weird. That's, like, not a big problem until it becomes a problem. And then, right. like... Just things here and there in terms of like emu deck isn't perfect and steam rom manager mm -hmm. isn't perfect like i do want to give a big shout out to how it pulls artwork because when you um place yes. games into your folder and in, into your libraries you then run a script it then pulls artwork from a database and the artwork i think it ranges from like official to like fan-made artwork and all the artwork is fucking immaculate it is yes, really good looking so good. artwork for like classic games like i'm looking at 
N64 Zelda artwork that is like just the sword and it looks fucking cool as yes. hell. It, this uh, is stuff that they've the people have been doing for a long time. Cause like yes. I, I remember years ago when I got my Steam link, actually, I set up uh, my all my ROMs in Steam and then I'd be able to just pick them from the Steam menu on my Steam link and it would just stream them over to me and it would have all the art and it would say what game I was playing on Steam. So people would be like, how are you playing like Chrono Trigger on, on Steam or whatever this before it was on there? Um, and I'm like, oh yeah, no, I just have all the ROMs there. Uh, but there, there's like, like there's quirks but there's also like miracles right like when you yes. think about the fact that this is a linux pc and there are some emulators that don't run on linux like uh, the wii u emulator so that's uh, you're going to be running a windows version of that through a wow. translation layer and this is already something that is emulating a different computer and it's like we're jumping through so many hoops and it works it works really well it's crazy like it works better than like even like certain games like uh, mario 64 i'd play through project 64 and there'd be hella textures missing like you'd walk into the castle and the rug in the middle is like missing and stuff like that like sure, yeah. there's stuff that i've seen consistently in uh, project 64 and other em emulators that'd be broken in that way and steam deck surprisingly like so much of it just works like there are things like um mario kart 64 was one of the ones that i tried out where i was like oh i don't know what's going on here where like you come in and like all of just all of the textures are missing in the menus like the menus just have everything missing and then you get into the race and it's fine but like you know there there's weird stuff like that and there's just weird stuff in terms of in me that can see raw manager like some artwork that's missing or that pulls the wrong right. thing like i got you can also set your own if you want at any time yes that's the thing. Like, which yes. is like such a great solution because i, I yep. do want to go back in, in there and do it but like sonic 3 and knuckles i got for sega genesis and for some reason the art keeps pulling uh sonic and sega all-stars racing and i can't figure mm. out how to get it to read th the right thing and maybe that's just because it doesn't have sonic 3 and knuckles in that way um but like it's all just weird one-off quirks compared to like the again jeff grubb says the miracle and i 100 agree like the miracle that so much of it works the way it does and also quick disclaimer that like you know i mentioned playing burnout 3 and these other games i own these games and so you know if you're gonna come at me for breaking the law i own these games i uh the the library of alexandria gave us the example that these things should belong to everybody, belong to the people. This is just a real quick spiel about this. Um, <laughs> video games are experiences, and uh, you I can't, you shouldn't be able to deny people experiences at a certain point. I understand if there's a, if it's a product on a market, but the day it stops being a product, it becomes a memory, it becomes exper an experience, it becomes an educational tool. And if you're someone who has even a passing interest in video games, treat the internet as the library of Alexandria, and you are just checking a book out. You're checking a game out, and you're gonna play it, and that experience belongs to you. Just go emulate games emulate games oh, please uh I had, a, I had a real quick question um just like patents wise obviously we see a lot of kind of like unofficial mini pcs being built and it's always like it's always something that i see um bob uh, from the wolf then um on his youtube channel buying all these weird little handhelds and so does anthony carboni um but what would stop a larger more official company in the likes of like i don't know samsung or an, uh, an lg i'm just trying to think of like whoever makes android phones what would stop them from trying to make a comparable product yeah i have an answer to this uh they are subsidizing such a huge part of the cost of this thing so there are comparable handheld gaming pcs before this even came out and they are less powerful they use older components and they are twice the cost they are like eleven hundred to thirteen hundred dollars. That Ioneo something I, I was gonna get like one of the Win uh, GPD three is the most recent one from GPD, right. who's been doing these things for a long time. And I was really I was looking I was looking thousand dollars. I'm like I'm I'll save us some money and I'll get one because I really need to be able to play games this way, even if it's gonna run it at like 720, 25 frames per second, thirty frames per second. I still kind of think I want that. Um, 
Valve is like, we are going to make the money up by selling you more games on Steam. And I mean, hey, bless. Have you bought any games on Steam at a at a higher rate than what you used to? Uh, yeah, right now, yeah, yeah. I'm buying like, yeah. I mean, I don't, I usually don't even buy games on Steam, and now I do. Like that is the difference for me. That's, yeah. that, that's the difference. And and uh, wow. we're gonna we're gonna see other companies also try this stuff. But guess what they're gonna do when they when they put their stuff out? They're probably gonna use Steam OS yeah. instead yeah. of Windows. And then who gets the money? It's still going to go to Valve because they're going to use the Valve. They're going to use the Steam Store because they've solved all these in, these issues for them. And it's like, why wouldn't you just instead of putting Windows on there, you have to put your own stuff on top of that? You, you get all those Windows games now. Just use Steam OS. Uh, this is their plan all along. Wow. All right. Moving on from the Steam thing, I want to talk about games in 2023. But before I do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. Shout out to MapleStory for sponsoring this episode. Are you tired of being judged based on the way you look? MapleStory is too. Because while it may look cute and cuddly, this is a deeply hardcore MMORPG. MapleStory is full of vast colorful lands and a ferocious array of towering monsters and don't get us started about damage. MapleStory will have you dealing billions with each swing of your Fafnir battle cleaver as you battle boss after epic boss and you can customize your mapler your way maple story has 40 plus jobs and thousands of weapons outfits hats armor sets and mounts for you to take on your journey from the lionheart battle bracers to vicious lollipop wands and you know i love a lollipop wand there's a ton to see and do in this picturesque world and with 18 years of content to sink your genesis weapon into there will always be a new adventure around the corner maple story is ready to go are you? You can go to maplestory.com to check out the game and play for free. That's free, guys. Come on. Maplestory.com. This episode is brought to you by Lumen. If your skincare routine is basically you washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel that you've been using since high school, then it's time to level up the skincare game. Thanks to Lumen, you can drop that bottle of three-in-one and start using products that actually take care of your face. With Lumen, you get the highest quality products. All their products aim to help with those stubborn acne scars, under eye dark circles, wrinkles, sun damage, dry skin, oily skin. Gia has been using the charcoal face wash and charcoal face scrub and she feels so fresh so clean afterward she has dry skin so especially during the winter it's nice to have that hydration and exfoliation also she's a big fan of the really subtle citrus smell all you have to do is take a two-minute quiz on their website and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for you based on your skincare needs level up your skincare game with lumen skin today you can go to lumenskin.com slash kind of funny to get your free trial of lumen's products that's l-u-m-i-n-s-k-i-n.com slash kind of funny to get your free trial of lumen's products lumenskin.com slash kind of funny all right here we are it's 2022 right now it's may 17th at any moment every game we know about can get delayed again and who the hell knows what's going to happen but the reason i want to do this topic this week and i wanted to get jeff for this because he has all the inside information he he has his he has an understanding of all this stuff he's a he's a fortune teller he's a fortune teller Mm -hmm. um in the last week, a bunch of games got delayed. We officially got word that Redfall and Starfield are not going to hit 2022. They are going to hit 2023. And that is uh, adding to a long list of games that we already know had either been planned for 2023 or things like Breath of the Wild 2 that also got delayed earlier in the year. Just now we know 2023 is what we're looking at. I want to start this conversation looking at the rest of 2022 and thinking about what games do we think are are remaining to be delayed or pushed. Mm. And then looking at 2023 and asking ourselves, 
is it going to be the best year for video games ever? Or is it going to be a similar situation we've had in recent times where everything's just going to get delayed again? (laughs) And it'll be spread out where the games that are getting delayed from this year to next year, sure, they'll come out next year. But the games that are already planned for next year are just going to get delayed even further out. So starting with 2022, Jeff, what do you think? Are there going to be any major shakeups left? Uh, I mean, we still like the other, but the other, the other shoe needs to drop, right? We need to hear about what's happening with God of War and all that stuff, right? Like we still don't know anything that doesn't have a solid release date. And, and even those that do, like we saw with Starfield, uh, it feels like they are so ripe for the picking to get just pushed in the next year. And and like what is happening here is what's happening with everything is just, there's not enough talent. There's not enough people to work on these games. And um, you could try to, go hire a contract studio to like work on a very specific thing you need done. Well, they're all busy working on games too. Everyone is maxed out. And you you like, uh, I think we saw that Microsoft was going to double its budget for, for uh, giving people raises across the board. And that definitely applies to games as well. Like they are looking like, Hey, what do we have to do to keep you? That's where they're at. They're just trying to keep their talent around. And so expanding and trying to like build out these teams is not even really an option. So every game seems like it is possibly going to step into next year. Uh, I want to believe that God of War is coming out this year. I, I think it, I think they really, really want to get it out. Um, but then beyond that, like what, like what are the other big games this year? Like, I mean, need for speed is probably going to come out in November. Are they going to delay that? Maybe, but it's need for speed. It'll come out when it comes out. Yeah. Going around the table as of this moment, does your gut say God of War comes out this year? I say yes. I say yes. I'm 70-30 on it. I think like there's a 70% chance that it doesn't, that, that it slips into spring next year, but then a 30% chance that it does. God, I hope it doesn't get delayed only because spring is already looking like this past year's spring. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I'm going to put uh, my belief in the power of Jesus Christ, and I'm going to hope that it comes out this year. Until Amen. until Kratos beats the crap out of him, right? Yeah. <laughs> and and so then Jeff, I, I guess the the other big release that potentially I think a lot of us thought was going to be this year, but from things you're saying, maybe not Jedi Survivor. What the fuck's no. it called? Oh, yeah. Star Wars Jedi Survivor. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yes. That was um. Stupid I've been saying that for a while that that they they wanted it to come out this year, and even when I was saying that every time, I was like, I keep hearing they keep telling me it's not going to come out this year. Um, that's, that's coming out in, in the first quarter of next year. At least that's the plan right now. Um, they haven't even named it when they said that that was part of their earnings report where they're like major IP first quarter. And then later they confirmed that the remake was dead space and that's coming in January. Uh, so February or March for, uh, uh, for Jedi, that seems right, but it also seems like, okay, we're starting to really pack up those, those dates already. Um, but yeah, that game didn't really have much of a chance of ever coming out this year, just like everything else. So are there any other big games that we're missing here? Like like looking at the rest of this year, the 2022, the mega, mega big hitters. I mean, I don't know if we count these as mega, mega big hitters, but there's the, I think the triple threat of Forspoken, Gotham Knights and Saints Mm. Row. Like I, I know we don't put those at like the God of War level, but I think like all of those are candidates. Saints Row, I would be surprised because they do have that specific date in August and that one already got delayed. Yeah, yeah, like got it delayed out of February into August. Um, and they've been working on that one for a while. But like between like Forspoken also got delayed, but that's one that like they I, I forget if they put a hard date on it. I think they did put a hard date on all these actually. Um, 
but I can see it happening for those, right? Like, I don't think there's any reason why uh, uh, those can't, right? Like, why those wouldn't, yeah. uh, those wouldn't have a reason to not come together by then. October I 11th. I agree with you on that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. October 11th is Forspoken currently. Okay. Uh, then the other one is uh, Final Fantasy 16, right? Does that hmm. come out this year? And I think, I, I, I'm going to say that one probably actually, they want to get out of this year and probably also ends up slipping to next year is what I think. Man, God, I'm, now I'm coming back. I'm coming back to Tim's question of like, will next year be the best year ever? And like at first, I was like, oh, we said it every single year. Like, mm -hmm. oh man, will next year have that many bangers? And now, like going through the list, I'm like, shit. Okay, maybe there's a chance, right? I forgot about Final Fantasy 16. Yeah. So I mean, we're we're saying this of let's just go with the assumption that God of War somehow does come out this year. So sure, 2023 won't have God of War, but what it could have potentially, <laughs> is Breath of the Wild 2, Starfield right redfall mm -hmm. uh final, final fantasy, fantasy 16. 16 like continuing yeah, going down, like, 2 i think has a slate for 2023 like let, yeah let's let's start there spider-man 3 do we think it two. comes out sorry spider-man 2 does it come out in 2023 <laughs> I, I don't think so but i mean it's insomniac so why would i doubt them i don't know uh should they may drop it in two months, Jeff? <laughs> <laughs> that and Wolverine. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, I, you know what? Yeah, let, let, sure. That comes out next year. Why not? That that would be wild if that came out alongside all those other games. What a year. Uh, I hope it comes out. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling for him because I would. I mean, I love Spider-Man. Those I, games I, are so good. I, I, I'm going to lean towards no, but that would really break my heart because I would just push Wolverine out even further. Like, I... I don't know exactly how the teams are split on this and whether it's like what most studios do where they have a small kind of production crew working on the next thing and uh, a larger crew kind of finishing up the more released or, or the more finished product, which would be Spider-Man at this point. But that would absolutely break my heart because I think that that's kind of means like 2025 for Wolverine or something like that. My but. question is, have we have, when was the last time you got a year without a big first party Sony exclusive? Because if our pr prediction is that God of War Ragnarok does come out this fall and Spider-Man 2 ends up getting delayed uh, next year, right? Like, then what do we get from Sony? Because it's going to be something. Like, we have to get something. And there's, like, Last of Us Factions. There's the whole rumor regarding Last of Us Remake and all that stuff. And it seems yeah, like that, that stuff I, I keep might hearing be that's coming out this year. year. Yeah. 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 And, like, this year. This year. Yeah. yeah the Last of Us remake, remake this holiday. Yes. No yes. shit. Yes. It's really fast. That surprises me. Because, so, I mean, you got, you got to keep in mind, like, Last of Us Part 2 and you know came out a while ago and there's people at that studio that were looking around for something to do and then that visual arts group was looking at maybe doing maybe kind of taking over uncharted and becoming their, their own studio and that never really became anything so they're like well we'll do last of us remake and then uh the, the people that weren't doing anything at naughty dog were like hey we could take this over and i don't know that that's a pretty efficient like well-oiled machine over there at naughty dog and they did they wouldn't have to do too much because that's the whole point is that this is a game that they can update really quickly so, I mean, think about how uh, how frequently those Resident Evil games are coming out. I think it's it's a similar, very similar thing where that's like we have the bones here. We can build on that. And so, yeah, this holiday is what we keep hearing. And, and these are even I'm less pretty bones. confident about that, too. These are even less bones to have to update. But I wonder, like, exactly. what are they doing engine wise? Like, I, I don't understand how because it's obvious that there's a big graphical leap uh, between The Last of Us 1 and 2, like just lighting and everything else wise. And I don't know exactly what they're doing to uh, help mitigate the all the issues that would happen on the tech side. Like that just seems like kind of a nightmare with everything that they have going on in part two. 
I think they, I think that they welcome the challenge more than the, but I mean, it, it's not, I don't think it was going to be too much because it's like they know what the scene needs to be already. And so they're just filling in the technical gaps. And that's the stuff that they're best at. The people that were working on this at Naughty Dog. This is not the people that were like, are, you know, concepting the next game. These are the people that have already solved these problems before. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it, I think it probably is one of their big holiday games this year. I'm just surprised at that with the HBO show. Because, like, looking at The Witcher and knowing yeah. that the Netflix show kind of boosted sales of yeah, Witcher but that, 3 but so I mean, dramatically. The Witcher came out, when did The Witcher 3 come out, though? Years and years before that. So as long as that thing is relatively fresh and there on the shelves, it should see a boost when it comes out. And then when the show comes out, another boost. That is their expectations. That yeah, is what yeah, I think will a, happen. That's a good point. And I think that was no. the myth. I, I believe in the report that came out from uh, Bloomberg, what, about like a little bit over the year, a year ago. I think that was part of the methodology of it was that like, yeah, we want to re green light this remake so that we can have this shoes going into the last was HBO show and it all work together. And there's been back and forth regarding okay, are we going to release this alongside factions? Like, does this fit in? And I, I forget if this was reports or this is, like, us speculating. Um, but, like, does it come out alongside a director's cut for Last of Us Part Two? Like, I could see it being bundled in pretty much any way and working or getting divvied up in terms of, like, okay, cool, remake drops this fall and then Part 2 plus factions, uh, Part 2 director's cut plus factions drops next year. Like, I think there's so much that they can do with that. And I think, like, I, I think it paints a good picture of, like, Oh shit! We're going into another year where, like, le next year might be the year of the last of the last of us, right? If we get it this fall and then get more next year, plus the HBO show, like, that might be a lot of what Sony has to offer. But I also think it frees up um, this fall as well too, in case like God of War isn't able to hit. I think if you have a Last of Us project hit this fall and then also have PSVR two hit this fall, then like the fall might be covered, mm -hmm. and it might even be more advisable right. to hold God of War up uh, up until February and and let God of War plus whatever other Last of Us project might hit um, hold down the fort for 2023, which could it's be the, crazy for twenty. It's perfect to like for this show to kind of help, you know, bring more sales to the franchise, and once that comes out, uh, the game will obviously sell gangbusters when it releases Last of Us remake, and then the show will help, you know, act, obviously add a big boost into that. And what else should they do that for? And where else are they going to capitalize on that? Twisted Metal, Twisted baby. Metal. Let's what the go. Fuck? Anthony Mackie. Who the fuck wants this? <laughs> God damn it. It's so stupid. I love so Twisted stupid. Metal. Anthony love making it I'm looking, for, I'm looking forward to the show. I think the show's going to be hilarious. <laughs> I, 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 I think it's going to be a fun watch. Let's have fun. With the boys Anthony Mackie, he's yes. a funny dude. Like, yeah. You know him <laughs> driving a clown car. It's him, Andy. It's him, Andy. It's him, Andy. It's him, Andy. It's him. It's him. Sold. You know what? You sold me. But... Yep. Well done. I mean, I mean, Anthony. So, staying with the zombie remake situation of, of big AAA games, Resident Evil 4, right? All signs yeah. are pointing to this thing existing. When is it announced and when is it actually released? And I think Capcom is in a interesting place right now where they i guess have the summer so at any point they could just drop a showcase during game fest somewhere right um or even just during the summer game fest showcase itself uh that would be a great place to announce resident evil 4 but do we think that that's this year or next year because my gut says next yeah i'm, I'm kind of with you on the, the gut feeling of it feels like uh if they announced resident evil 4 at summer game fest and then released it this holiday i would be like whoa that's that's happening already but it's also it's not out of the realm of possibility. It, it feels like the right kind of game for Summer Game Fest. This is all just like me, like speaking off the dome. I don't know if that's the case, but it's like that seems like it would be a good fit and that some a relationship that Jeff Keighley would have and be able to make happen. And uh, 
and yeah, I, I think it's the kind of game that could they're they're again, these remakes come out at such a clip uh that they probably could have it ready, but I'm I'm not I'm not ready to commit to that. Uh, I, I think that there's a good chance it's one of those things that just doesn't even get talked about until next year. Then do you think that we get it next year? Uh, yeah, I, I I think if I mean that's at the latest. I think actually uh, the, the latest it would be next year. Uh, I don't Damn. think it's that doesn't feel like one of those ones that's going to keep slipping and slipping forever. So man, that's nuts, guys. Like so, then we start the year guaranteed. Well, and there's no guarantees, but Dead Space remake, right? It has that January date. That let's start there. I'm actually a little surprised about. Like they announced that uh, in this last week. One of the the pieces of good news in terms of game not delays but just like release date announcements that is sooner than i expected it to be do you think it believe, hits it did you believe they were originally going to do it in october they were originally planning to have that for this october which, which of course was never really going to happen but that was the target do you believe january 27th 2023 can happen for dead space remake i do just based on what i've i've heard about it it's like everyone's really happy with it everyone's really impressed the way with the way it looks I, that doesn't necessarily mean there isn't just something that isn't getting to me and there, or, or there aren't other concerns that won't crop up between now and then. Uh, but it, it definitely feels like one of those games that could make that release date. I think they want that game out at, at before the end of the fiscal in, in March. Like if it gets delayed, it gets delayed to like March. It's kind of what I would think because EA doesn't have a lot for this holiday season. Uh, they do plan to have two big games before the end of the, the, the fiscal, but which one of those is more likely to get delayed? It's going to be Star Wars Jedi Sur Survivor. So uh, God damn. I, I think that Dead Space probably does make it. They do have some, something big right now, Jeff. E Apex Legends Mobile, baby. I'd yeah. I'm, I'm interested to see what that does money-wise, though. Like, yeah, legitimately, that, I feel like that's a really interesting spot for EA to be in mobile-wise uh, for, a, for a franchise that's been successful for quite some time. Yeah, I'm, you're, right, right, you're not right. wrong though that's what they're focused on instead of like battlefield they're like hey it's all about apex baby that's what makes the money <laughs> right right now i'm in a place where i'm like yo fuck starfield versus breath of the wild versus god of war ragnarok like i want the dead space remake versus resident evil 4 remake battle versus like, last I'm, of us remake <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah versus last of us remake right like those are all games that like have that like core dna in them that like you know harkens back to like the survival horror shit and Too like scary i'll sit this one out yeah. that's, gonna be such a, <laughs> that's gonna be such a great back and forth to see how these games like either success success or fail uh, uh what they're going for but also like when we get to the discussion of the end of the end of the year of like best horror remake like which one stands supreme i'm so excited for that yeah i mean okay like uh, taking the go for it jeff I was gonna say, do you want me? I have a list of games that, as of last year, Microsoft was targeting for 2023. Uh, I was. Do you want to hear it? Because I can just let's get it. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. So these are the games as of around the time of E3 last year. This is what they expected to have ready by 2023. So a, a lot of this is going to change, and I guarantee some of them aren't. Uh, but here we go. Avowed, Fable, Perfect Dark, No Way, Everwild, which has definitely been nope. just blasted <laughs> off the face of the planet. Uh, Hellblade Two. Contraband, which is the one they introduced with Steely oh, Dan right. last year, uh, In Exile's next game, Compulsion's next game, and the Coalition's next non-Gears project. They wanted Avowed and Fable in the same year. They were targeting I mean, both for twenty twenty three. To be fair, they they're they're making it rain RPGs. Like they have more RPGs than they can handle. At this point, they got to put out multiple R big RPGs a year to keep uh, up. Uh, multiple high well, fantasy RPGs in the same almost, year. Almost. I mean, they also the older one, if not both, are going to get delayed though. Like that's the reality. So 100%. why not target them both? for 2023 you know what fuck um, it release them yeah. on the same day as a little double pack you know what i mean yeah <laughs> you know, honestly at this point 
Sixty dollars for one, seventy dollars for both. We're yeah. just we don't know how to do business. My children are starving. Please help me. So okay, so now that we have that list of games, that obviously some of it is comical. That yes, it'll be way later if it even happens at all. Yep. But now we are adding Redfall and Starfield to the mix. Yes, where those games I believe are twenty twenty three, right? Like yeah. Yeah. So with that, I imagine both are first half of 2023. I imagine yeah. they're going to want Starfield out what? February, March? Uh, February, March sounds right to me, but who knows? I mean, uh, where I mean, does that leave Redfall too? Because again, that was expected the summer, summer of this year. And uh, and that was the concern I, I had for it when they announced the delay of both of those games. You know, uh, Starfield didn't surprise me because if it got... If it got delayed even once uh, past its 11-11, like, it was going to get pushed out of this year. Whereas Redfall now is getting, with its vague summer release window, right, it's, like, a good six, seven-month push. So it's, like, are they really – did they really need that much time to fix up with whatever Redfall needs fixing up and push it past Starfield's uh, that, now predicted the, date or – like Barrett, that had to have been a, a typo. <laughs> like I feel like <laughs> them summer? saying that Redfall is due out in the summer, like you know, they could uh, I, that had to have just been an oversight. Like some intern typed yeah. in the wrong day because that but just also, seems like the like, most also, unrealistic thing ever. Blessing, you know, that's the team that did Prey, right? And like, yeah. what Prey big project have they been doing since Prey? Like they've used supported Prey since then, but they haven't like worked on a major game since then and that was i think this yeah. being multiplayer probably throws them for a, no pun intended a loop a little bit uh yeah. a loop of death uh but but i i do think that it is a different kind of undertaking for them where i honestly could see it being delayed past starfield where like starfield gets delayed into what let's say like march april may that area and redfall maybe goes into an early beta because i don't think mm. microsoft has recently had experience with bleeding bleeding edge which came yeah. out and immediately just fucking died and i think with something like redfall which does have arcane austin working on it right like a, a talented studio a big studio um making this game that i think does have the potential in terms of genre right because like it's a co-op shooter it's like an open co-op shooter it could be like a borderlands right mixed with the arcane sense of design i think there's a lot of promise there that could be cool even though we've not seen much I could see the case for, hey, let's take our time with this one. Let's treat it well. Let's like, we've seen yeah, that's um, what I think. the way we've had the Halo test flights work, right? Like, what if we had uh, Redfall test flights where it is, all right, cool. In January, you guys are getting your hands on it for, for the first time for like a couple of weeks. Let's take feedback. Let's pull back. All right, cool. Let's come back in March. Give uh, get get more feedback, pull it back, and then release in summer 2023. Like, yeah. I think it's one to take your time with. I, I even wonder how much they're hearing. Uh, that's such a great point, Bless, because I wonder how much they are hearing about that from people not at Arcane or not at Bethesda. Like, just straight up people from Xbox being like, hey, w Halo Infinite was kind of messy, and all yeah. of that process was not ideal please do what you all need to do. Don't rush out anything. Cause like, I, I just feel like they can't make that mistake again with another large multiplayer title. Well, it's, 2023 was always the proving ground for, for Xbox, right? It was always going to be like, this is why when people are like calling for heads right now this year, like we got to fire this management. It's too early because they never really were intending to prove this model of how Xbox was going to work in 2021 or 2022. It was always going to be about, 
in 2023, can we hit that one major game per quarter? And will every one of those at least be in the talks for being in people's top tens? Not everyone's top tens, but enough people's top tens that they feel like they were worthy uh, of putting this much effort into. And they were never going to do that this year, but they were going to do it next year. And it's like at this point, like, you know, maybe Redfield, uh, Redfall and Starfield helps them fill out that calendar so they are able to do that. Uh, but that's they, they need to get that right. They need to get 2023 right even more than they needed to figure out like something for later the later half of this, of, the, of this year they have nothing for the rest of this year which they probably will have maybe have one or two small games but if they have nothing for the rest of this year that's one thing if 2023 is a wash that's the whole that's yeah. the ball game it feels yeah. like they have to prove it then and then you know like not to beat a dead horse and get too into this people that have listened to the show know the argument that i'm about to make to an extent so i'm gonna jump off from there but it's like we've been waiting for xbox to have this forever yes you know since 20 since the xbox one was announced it's like well they're getting these acquisitions they have all this ip that they're working on we're past the the stage of everything has to be either gears or halo and we're getting some new ip we're getting some new blood in here and with game pass being the success that it is and this proven kind of uh distribution platform more than anything at this point like they are just kind of getting all their pieces in place to eventually dominate and then that domination just won't stop and that'll be similar to like what we saw where playstation did the exact same thing during the ps4 generation and towards the like the beginning of the ps4 life versus the end right. of it it's just it's completely different things but now Before bloodborne and after bloodborne like yes those are two different hundred yeah. percent and it's like now playstation just continuing on that momentum and they, they and even with the pandemic that obviously changed um the exact strategy of things the core remained the same where we're going to consistently get playstation studio titles you got to imagine till the end of time at this point because they have that system in place we're going to eventually get that with xbox and when you look at like the the streaming war side of things of like um tv and movies and stuff like disney plus right at and hbo max and um the uh, apple tv like some of the heavier hitter streaming giants out there they are still trying to figure out like what their cadence of releases look like and on the disney side it's like they have we're about to for the first time next month get overlapping marvel and star wars content in the same week and i'm surprised it's even taken this long and it's only taken this long because of the pandemic because things have moved around the other side of that story is though with all their star wars projects and specifically with their marvel projects there is an order they have in their mind of marketing and strategy and release where for the first time ever in marvel history they are sitting on essentially finished projects whether it's tv shows or movies that they're like we're just gonna sit on this and we're moving some things around because it makes more sense marketing wise I think we're going to hit that point with a lot of Xbox games. Oh, studios, 100%. Where yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if Redfall is actually done sooner than uh, Starfield or whatever, but they still hold it for a May or August slot because it just makes more sense for them for the grand Xbox rollout that I truly believe we are going to get one day. And I think once we get it, it's not going to let up and it's not going to stop. And I think that them putting out Halo Infinite last year uh, was them – not being confident in it and be like, we got to put something out. We need, we need to put something yes. out. I mean, look at, look at Nintendo as like an alternative. Like it's a, it feels like it's a different world, but I mean, it is because they just treat it so differently. And Nintendo does this all the time now. In the last few years, they've held on to stuff since like Pikmin 3 Deluxe, which which is one they held on to for months and months. And I knew about it and like was waiting for them to announce it. And I would say it was going to happen and then it wouldn't happen to people like, where is it? And then finally it comes out. It's like, okay, they're doing this new strategy where they just hold on to stuff for quite some time and wait until it makes sense. And I think a lot of that comes down to Nintendo only has so much marketing resources that they're like, just line things up and we will get our marketing resources around to it when we can. Uh, so it's a little bit different, but uh, it, it also has really benefited them for when they have had to move a game back 
they can now move something else forward, which is kind of unheard of. So they move up. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it? Which was Xenoblade? Xenoblade moved up. Like that's that. Who else could possibly do that? Well, I think you're right. That while right now it seems absurd that Microsoft would be able to do that because what just happened with Halo. But that's almost the exact thing. That's what would have taught them the lesson that getting to that point would be so worth it. If you would have had something else, you could have moved up in Halo's place. You would have waited on that game and it would have been a completely different story. So I, I think you're absolutely right. So then with that moving to Nintendo, because I feel like Xbox, we can kind of talk about it and assume we will get Redfall. We will get Starfield. Maybe we'll get one or two of the other games you mentioned in that list, like Perfect Dark. Right. Oh, we got to get Hellblade. Hellblade, Hellblade, Hellblade it. seems very likely. Yes. Yeah. Which Hellblade, yeah. uh, for like a quick aside, Hellblade 2 is going to be a banger. Like we were talking about Hellblade 1 a little bit earlier on the stream, um, on the kind of funny stream. And like, you know, that's a game that didn't come out under the radar because it was like an indie darling, right? It was a, it, it was a hit, but also it was like an indie game and one that, you know, was the first in its series and one that like a lot of people didn't know about. And so it comes out and it becomes something special for the audience that, that loved it. Uh, now it is coming out under Xbox, right? First party, more resources. It looks like it's going for it way more. That's a game that I think is going to come out and straight up slap people in the face. And like have yeah. people go, oh, what the fuck? This was, this is what this is. Like, I think it has potential to be that and put Ninja Theory on the map more than what we've seen uh, uh, from them prior. And so I think that's one to look out for in terms of like the big game conversation of 2023. Yeah. So, I mean, looking at that, like that's PlayStation, that's Xbox. I feel like we talked a little about the third party stuff, but then the last big one's Nintendo. And I think going into 2023, we're in such an interesting place where since the launch of the Switch back in 2017, like you can look at each of the years and each one has like a defined kind of taste to it where it's like 2017 obviously banger after banger 2018 kind of kept that going 2019 was a bit more like let's get let's do the luigi mansion threes get some astral chain like that type of stuff and then 2020 was animal crossing that's it and now 2021 (laughs) 2022 is kind of like um i I think them finding their footing a bit but kind of delivering the sequels to um like the zeto blades and it's things like that um and uh the 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 fire emblem like spin-offy stuff with warriors and all that and pokemon 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 like we're just at a point now that that we have now pokemon core games pokemon remakes and pokemon legends whatever that's gonna be so they got all that down Looking at 2023, Breath of the Wild 2, right? Like, we do we think that's actually going to hit 2023? It has I say to. It yes. Has to. It has to, man. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. But then what's the rest of the year look like for Nintendo? And I think that is the big X factor that I, I can't even imagine with all the amazing games that we just talked about probably hitting in 2023. Guess what? There's so many questions we don't know about Nintendo yeah. for next year where the, it's like, the Odyssey cool, team, if, what have they been working on? What have they been up to? Yeah. What is the Mario oh, yeah. what was up that, that on? What was up with that third person? Oh, man, did I make this up in my head? Because it sounds like something I made up. A third person Donkey Kong game? No, was there, that there, like, yeah, no that's, that's an Odyssey, rumor. Yeah, the, the Odyssey team was working on a 2D Donkey, 2D Kong. Donkey Kong game. Yeah. 2D, that's what it was. Uh, I, I mean, we'll see if that's if that's the case. It's always possible that they could be doing something uh with like a, a smaller team or something like that. And then Mario, Mario Odyssey two is still happening. Um, or, or maybe, maybe they're going a completely different direction and going really doing a Donkey Kong game or something like that. But uh, yeah, I, the, I think the the real the question here is when does the switch follow up come or switch pro, I suppose could still be there uh, as much, as much of a nightmare as, as that is to talk about. Um, I think by like March, 2024, we're getting, probably a a new switch of some sort probably a switch too and then that means okay so what is that what effect does that have on the launch uh, uh the, the release list for games in 2023 
I would expect that they would be like, okay, we'll go pretty heavy earlier in the year. And then if anything is like going to get close to the switch too, we'll just hold, we'll hold it back for that, except for in very specific circumstances. So that's probably why 2023 is going to be pretty hard to nail down for Nintendo. Hey, Zelda fans, you you not a fan of how Breath of the Wild 2 is running? <laughs> get this new Switch, man. <laughs> it's going to look real good. You know, real, you know what we're not a fan of, Les? Just one Zelda launching every generation now, because that's what's happening now, and it's driving me insane. And it's always cross-generation. That's the thing that, that blows my mind. So, like, that was the, the thing we talked about, like, a, I think a month ago at this point, of, like, there was the, the latest trailer for Breath of the Wild 2 and how, like, people, I think it was Digital Foundry that was like, yo, that trailer looked too good to be running on a base Switch. Um, and that leading into speculation of, like, yeah, Nintendo usually does um, uh, keep with the tech in terms of the trailers they put out. Are they working on a upgraded version of the Switch? The Switch Pro versus Switch 2 conversation is one that, yeah, it is scary to talk about because people go crazy with it online. But then also... In the conversation about a Switch 2 specifically, it's so hard for me to imagine a Switch 2 anytime soon because the Switch is doing so well, right? Like, right. And how Nintendo rolls, they like to kind of ride that wave of success. You know, it's why we don't see a new numbered Mario Kart. It's why we're seeing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe DLC years and years past that game coming out, right? Like, it's why we mm -hmm. see uh, them sit with certain things. Uh, and S Switch seems like one that I could see them doing the same thing in. And, like, not that they can't package a Switch 2 in, the way, in a way where it feels way more iterative than innovative where it is keeping with the same console family and, and backwards compatibility. I think they're going to do that. You think that's what they're going to do? Yeah. I I really don't think we're going to get a straight up just switch to like, I think no matter what it is, whatever they call it, I think it's going to be more in the family of the switch than we've ever seen in previous years from Nintendo, like more so even than like the Wii being backwards compatible with like GameCube games. Like, I don't think it's going to be backwards compatible. I think it's going to be talked about as if it's a similar family. Yeah, and they they, um, they mentioned a little bit of this like when they were talking around like the console transition coming up, and they got misquoted saying they're concerned about that that stuff. What, what they were really saying is we're going to do what PlayStation's been doing, which is try to keep everyone connected to their Nintendo account through whatever services we have. And basically, they said we wouldn't have a lot of continuity from one thing to the next. And the way you could build the most continuity is just say this is basically like an iPhone upgrade. Um, that, you know, that's a little bit dangerous waters because, you know, they were there with the NES to the Super Nintendo and trying to convince parents that you needed to go from, to, from the Nintendo to the Super Nintendo. Uh, but it's a different world and people are used to upgrading their phones every couple of years. And so it's going to be what by by March 2024, it'll be seven years um, at that point. And at any point in the future from that point forward, uh, they could drop a new one and basically just present it however they want. And I think the option to do it like a like an iPhone or iPad upgrade is definitely the one they might actually go with. See, like looking back at Nintendo to try to find any pattern for the future is a fool's errand. Like I feel like that's oh, yes. been proven time and time again. Yes. But I think that the most similar thing that uh, they've done in the past to what I expect to happen here is the Game Boy Color to the game boy where it is still the same thing it plays all the old ones and it actually enhances a lot of the old ones to have the the new fancy upgrades but instead of the jump being oh it's the old games but in kind of color now it's the difference now of like it actually runs how a video game should run in 2023 <laughs> or four or whatever it is um but also it does play all the old things but there will be games that are exclusively available on this this new version and that's where i think the modern type of iphone talk that grub's talking about comes into play where at some point there is the line of like you don't get everything but if you get the new one you get it all yeah and mm. i'm so curious to see how how and if they pull it off because i think we've seen it happen with them recently with the with the 3ds and i always forget the naming scheme i think it was like the new 3ds that only played certain games yes. it was like what 
three Majora's games, three or four Mask. games. Very that, small, like, a that, small list. It was a very small list in a way that looking back, I'm like, did you really need to do that? Was that a thing that was necessary? Minecraft only worked on new 3DS, right? That's Xenoblade Chronicles. Because yeah, it, it added the C stick or whatever, right? It added like the, it C added, nub. the, the nub, the yeah, analog the nub. The C nub. Oh, Love wow. a C yeah. nub. But I do, I do think that it'll, no matter what that is, right? No matter the case uh, being, I do think that that will influence the uh, games that launch alongside it. Because I think whether it's a Switch Pro, Switch 2, Switch, the new Switch, I think. They are going to want to launch games with it. And I think it's very fascinating thinking about it in terms of when does that, that thing hit? Is it at the end of 2023 or is it sometime into 2024? Because if it's at the end of 2023, does that mean Zelda is then getting pushed to the, to, towards the end of 2023? I because I think it. that makes the most sense. Like if I'm Nintendo and oh, we're going to release it in 2023 anyway, it's like, fuck, hold it until we launch the new hardware. All right, Unless we I, got Mario Odyssey then, or something. Give me my goddamn Wind Waker and Twilight Princess ports for the love of Christ. Well, I think, oh, that, I think that does Nintendo. come this holiday, it's actually. It's the only thing they haven't ported. This holiday? Ported I think everything so. from the Wii U. 100%. Except those, those are games that did. Those games have been uh, done, I think, for a long time, too. Yeah. And I think they've just been holding on to them for a rainy day. And the just rainy day came when they, del- yeah. Yeah, when they, del- they like delayed. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. But I think this is exactly what the, their whole strategy is. Is like, well, we were going to be marketing uh, a Breath of the Wild 2 here. We're not going to be doing that anymore. So now we can just have that team work on this Zelda thing instead. And I, th- I think that's how they view it. And they mm-hmm. wanted to have one Zelda game released per year on the Switch. And I'm pretty sure if they don't release something this year, they will miss that. Yeah. So it makes sense. That, I mean, I, I, for... I always heard it was it was both games for $60, but yeah. we'll see. Do you cool, think man. it's the same thing for, you know, we've been hearing about Metroid Prime Trilogy. I, I yeah, think so, for five years at this point, I've been yeah. hearing rumors about this thing. Like, Right, so that, that one, that one, that was my fault. My bad, everybody. I heard Metroid Prime coming to the switch and i just assumed they meant trilogy what was actually happening there is they were they have uh retro remaking slash remastering you know who knows where it falls on that spectrum uh but they're remaking the first one just the first one that Uh, is in the works i think that this is me this is me speculating but this november is the 20th anniversary of that game I think oh, wow. I think it comes out this November. Jesus, twenty years. I would love that. And that that I bless. I don't know. Maybe you think differently about this, but like that's my preferred thing. Is focus on the first game and get it as right as possible because two and three are fine. They're fine. Games. I, I well, mean, one is an all time banger. And so I just yeah. want the I want the reason and the excuse. And so maybe I'll go ahead and go to my local game store buy <laughs> it and then download it on my yes. <laughs> yes. It's so good on there. Do no, we know? It on there. I, I was going to say Andy. real quick. Do we know like how many? what the switch hardware sales have been since kind of pandemic ish era because i feel like that definitely jump started very, i feel very, like very good and and i feel like that's a large chunk of their sales obviously since the pandemic hit since animal crossing kind of had its time and i wonder if that's kind of making nintendo think about what they do they with this hardware this. they said yeah. this ex- exactly they said that uh uh the the way things are going this is like the middle of the life cycle uh this was like not the no most recent uh earnings report but the one before that like we are in the middle of the switch's life cycle instead of like being near the end after five-ish years uh and it's because the thing they expected to sell another 20 million consoles in the next year and you don't 
it's very rare that a console gets its successor introduced when you are still planning to ship 20 million consoles. So yeah. uh, th this is why, you know, a successor at any point, it, they are definitely working on it. NVIDIA's definitely got uh, like probably a lot of stuff and they probably do want to hurry Nintendo along in some ways, but Nintendo's going to go at their own pace. And if they're going to sell another 20 million Switches next year, it does seem very unlikely that we're going to get another one right away. But wasn't yeah, there... Wasn't there a report about a, some sort of fallout between Nintendo and, and NVIDIA and something about a chipset not? Because that, that's the thing that made me initially worry about the news about the. Yeah. If, uh, if they have if they've had any issues, I'm sure that's been like they, they really do plan to work together for 20 years. Uh, they, it's been five years now, but for the next 15 years, they'll, they're going to keep working together, making stuff. It's going to be NVIDIA and Nintendo that entire time. That's that's the reality. If I if I had to predict, I would predict that this. Uh, that the Switch life cycle will be the longest Nintendo hardware life cycle. Like, I, can, I can tell you on my fingers. Like, Game Boy. How, how long was the Game Boy? 89 to, if you're counting GBA or GBC, which you should, oh, 2001. Yeah. Okay, well, that's a good call. Uh, but I do yeah. think, you know, if we're counting that out, and maybe counting it, I don't know. Like, the Switch life cycle is going to be long, right? Like, yes. and whether it is a Switch 2 or Switch Pro, yeah, I think it's going to be iterative in a way where they're going to count that alongside uh, what we have currently. Because, like, the question is why, right? Like, why do you need to make another hardware, a piece of hardware as Nintendo? Because, like, your people are buying the Switch to play Nintendo games. People aren't, like, you know, in terms of, like, power and fidelity and keeping up with all that stuff, like, they've not been keeping up anyway. And why would they start now, right? Like, I can't think of one reason no. why they would make a Switch too or make I, a big I, next I, step I could see it maybe internally with like you know when it comes to the the dev side of things of like what they want to be able to pull off and them realistically mm -hmm. having a conversation with their their hardware like a team and the people who make those decisions of like hey like we can't keep you can't keep developing yeah we this. can't keep doing this and you know even in the the nintendo side of things uh push the way that we push of like how we make games and stuff stop like stop holding me back but you know yeah no hey, i'm right there with you and being a Nintendo fan for as long as I have been, I have had to learn that they have to innovate in their game design as opposed to their uh, tech hardware. side. Yeah, uh, right. because, and, and, and we've and, had clear examples of that too. Yeah, like as the words were coming out of my mouth, I immediately thought back to like Majora's Mask, where they wanted to, you know, quickly yep. come out with a sequel to Ocarina of Time, and with their even with their limitations, like figure out a way to make a game, ship it quickly, and, and all that. Reggie Fizeme so. said as much in terms of like. Every with big Nintendo franchises, like the idea is like, cool, we need a Zelda, we need a Mario, we need a Splatoon, we need like they 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 think in terms of thinking about the uh, sequelizing of their franchises, right? Like they kind of think about it in terms of like one for console, and we're gonna get to the point where it's like, cool, everything has come out for the Switch, and they could start making sequels, but, but who dude, knows how much that, that influences console. That's kind of where I'm at with this is this the Switch lifecycle lasting as long as it has like we have hit something that we haven't had on a, on the GameCube or the Wii or the Wii U, um, which is and we've we've been talking about this forever now, but it's like the Switch is the first time Nintendo didn't have to make games for a portable system and for a console. It's all just been yeah. one pipeline, but we're now hitting a point that we're already getting some sequels and stuff in the same generation, but we're now having this opening where there's a lot of question marks of what are these different teams working on? The team that made Odyssey, what are they working on? The team that made Mario Kart, what are they working on? Sure, they're doing the DLC stuff. That We've yeah, seen but... the amount of effort and work being put into that. It is not a full video game. What is the team that made Smash Brothers working on? Now that Ultimate's done, now that there's no DLC for these characters, and it's like, we're going to start getting the answers to these questions. What about the team that did uh, Link's Awakening? Mm. deluxe yeah, right Brizzo. like uh, yeah. Brizzo, yeah. yeah 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 like we're, we're there these are the questions that have to be answered at some point and i think that 
we are going to get the answers in 2023 and I think, or, or 2022, but I think that we'll see the releases in 2023. And that starts to add up really quickly to a ridiculous year for Nintendo for core Nintendo fans. Then what do you think happens with um, Mario? Cause Mario we've seen have a game like yearly for the most part, right? At least yearly, if not more, um, if we're bringing in like, um, side games right like i'm talking about mario maker i'm talking about uh mario strikers coming this year right? i'm talking about super mario party coming out last year and all these things we're gonna get mario games next year what mario games are we gonna get i think that's the most interesting question of them all because not only have we not had a new 3d mario game since odyssey we also haven't had a full 3d world style game since the last one that did have bowser's fury right mm-hmm. But what's yeah. that team been working on? But then there's the other X factor that I'm just going to keep talking about until it actually exists. We haven't had a new 2D Mario in, at this point, must be a record amount of time since the last one. Mar- uh, Mario Maker doesn't count. It's not the same thing. That That's kind of like a subgenre even within that genre. But, like, we're going to get another 2D Mario game. Those games sell way, way too well for them to not mm-hmm. do it again. And uh, Mario team is, is EPD8, and they only make Super Mario captain toad in the nes remake remix games so it's like they what have they done uh, since odyssey uh and you know they obviously did bowser's fury they obviously like worked on that prototype and turned it into something but it's like there's still a big question about what, what do they have next and they probably should have a big real game coming up because they would have known what bowser's fury was going to be pretty quickly so yeah i would expect them to have something next year i think i i guess the big the, okay so the reality is is that if zelda comes out early next year it's actually not going to be a cross-gen game because there seems like a very small chance that we're going to get that new next-gen switch early next year so then maybe that does open the opportunity for mario to be that that cross-gen game or or maybe just the switch to launch game Uh, i still think it's unlikely that you work on a mario game for years and years and you don't sell it to 120 130 million people that own a switch i think it's probably going to happen but you know that's uh, at a certain point that's like okay yeah cross-gen or not cross-gen whatever uh but like when does it yeah. come out Give so me, that could be 2024 before we actually see that if we get to an e3 uh let's say e3 2023 summer games best or whatever it is and it is nintendo and they show off Switch to, and then the first trailer they show is Super Mario 128. Like, we have a new Mario launch game for the first time in forever, and it's like... Metroid Dread happened. (laughs) So, who knows, (laughs) (laughs) What about Metroid Prime 4? See, it's that's not like, real. It's uh, not real. Yeah, it's not real. I don't think about Metroid Prime 4. Yeah, I mean, Retro is is working on that Metroid Prime 1 remaster, so it's like... Uh, uh, they're also doing Metro Prime 4 at the same time, and I'm sure it's like there's a lot of overlap where there's plenty of time for people to work on one and not the other. But, uh, I mean, that game still does not feel like a, it's likely for even 2023. Uh, so maybe no. that's like a first year of the, <laughs> the, the the next thing at that, like 2024 at the earliest. Um, God, even 2025 sounds more <laughs> realistic for that game, though. Andy, was yeah. that like a no in agreement, or was that a no in terms of like... Oh, God, no. Like, no, no, no. 2023 is like not no, no. Like, I no. I just based on what i've heard and friends of friends that are getting hired and and applying for stuff like 2023 is like not realistic whatsoever we may get a new logo who knows <laughs> we may get a new shot of a cool logo a new JPEG. Yeah. yeah man so having said all that do we think the 2023 could be the best year in video game history honestly yeah like i think you convinced me i was i was um 
uh, I don't know if I was in agreement at first, but like now that we've gone through all the Doctor Strange possibilities of shit that can come out, I'm like, yeah, tomorrow next year is gonna be jam packed uh, in games if shit actually hits and doesn't get moved to 2024, which at this point would be crazy if a lot of these games that we've been seeing for years and years and years end up getting moved to 2024. But yeah, like I think it's gonna be a banger. I think the fact I, it's, that it's, it's, it's likely so go gonna ahead. be. Yeah, I was gonna say that I think just putting. The sequel to one of my favorite games of all time, like God of War 2 being there, along with Breath of the Wild to another sequel to one of the best games of all time. I think those two alone can do it. I think everything else can be sort of those ancillary kind of, yeah, those strengthen that year as well. But those are like the two main things that I look at. Oh, Starfield, I'd say also like there was Starfield in there as something that could be a larger than life kind of release that people point to as like a place in time and like where were you when skyrim released where were you when starfield released sort of yeah to jump in on that real quick i know we're going a little yeah. long on this but like i i want to say this has there ever been a year in recent console wars that nintendo sony and microsoft all had their fucking bangers come out because we got close in 2017 right yeah. with with uh god of war or, or sorry 2018 um but wait no, even then, yeah, no, like, 2018, yeah, yeah, like 2017 was the closest between Breath of the Wild and Horizon, yeah. So, that this would be insane if Starfield, God of War, and Breath of the Wild 2 are all in the same oh, year. It's like same that already order. is unprecedented to go back to like the PS2, GameCube, Xbox days, yeah. Like, that's so. wild. That's exciting. Too. And then it's like those yeah, ancillary really titles exciting. are the ones that like fill out the year, though, right? They're the ones that make it feel like uh. Like, yeah, like the big game of the year stuff came out, but then I'm going to number 10, number 15 on my game of the like game of the year list. And these games are games that I'm going to remember for the rest of my life. Like, and I think this like, 2023 actually looks like it might be that kind of year because of stuff like uh, like Dead Space remake. And uh, and if we get um uh, uh, like Redfall, if that put pants out and like Spider-Man 2, where like you're mentioning like games that might be like big bangers and Spider-Man 2 comes up like fifth or sixth. Like that that's a big, big, big year. Yeah. Any final thoughts? There are a lot. Of, there are a lot of games that we didn't even talk about. They're like going to be fucking bangers, like Callisto Protocol, like Tales from the Borderlands Two. I assume is probably going to get delayed till next year. I forget if that's slated for this year or not. But like that Wolf Among Us, right? Like, um, uh, I'll wake two. God damn. Yeah. Oh my like, God. There's that oh game from God. Game Awards that like looked really cool called Arc Raiders <laughs> that I think is slated for this year, but that'll probably get delayed. Like. There's a lot Gunbrella, of bro. Gunbrella, baby. <laughs> oh my god. Put it on the books. <laughs> I mean, you know the craziest thing. Last thing I'll say, we're closing out the show here. But like, where are all the FromSoft games? It has to be something, right? It has to be something. <laughs> Can you imagine if we get fucking um, what's the mech, big mech game? No. Uh, no shot. Armored Core. Armored Core. Armored, core. armored Souls. <laughs> that, would, that would change the world well let us know in the comments below what you think about 2023's gaming potential uh we're about to do the amazing post show exclusively for patreon.com slash kind of funny game supporters but until next time jeff grubb where can people find you yeah you can find me on the internet uh i tweet too much on at, at jeff grubb um that, that seems to be where most people find me uh but if you want to like have a little bit more of like a closer relationship just join the discord it's a uh, game mess.net that'll get you right into the discord love it absolutely love it thank you so much for joining us you thank are you guys for having me fantastic person to talk to you're the coolest dude in the entire I world love it. round of applause for jeff grubb everybody Woo! yeah until next yeah. time love you all bye thanks guys <laughs>